and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're keeping well and staying safe. And we are back once again to cover the SWPL and SWFL action from the weekend just past. And to do that, I'm of course joined by my good friend, Mr. Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing? Very good, Chris. Yes, I had a great weekend and for a change, I'm very happy. How about you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I um it's now getting to the time of year though where my flat is permanently freezing, so I'm sitting here with a blanket on, a hat on, and a hoodie. But um, other than that, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, and we're here to talk about some Scottish women's football. So what what better time to be alive? What better time to be alive? So yeah, we're going to cover off SWPL one, SWPL two, and we're also going to have a wee nod towards the SWFL cups because I was working there on Sunday. So feels like it's something to talk about as well. And we'll have a wee nod to the Scottish women's cup. We are going to do a separate podcast for the SWNT games this Friday and Tuesday. So keep a wee area for that. But Campbell, let's let's get straight into it and let's get straight into SWPL1. Um, neither of us were at games this weekend, but we do have a highlight show, which means we could watch everything back um, as we needed to. Uh, let's start with let's start with the only live game that went out uh, of the National Broadcast of the weekend, which is Path Thistle against Rangers at PSL Park. And uh, a win for Rangers, but I think it'll be one where they will look at some of the things that have maybe tripped them off in the past and maybe come back to, to haunt them again in terms of maybe not capitalising on the opportunities created. Yeah, I mean, last year Rangers were, they were always so clinical and scoring goals for fun, whereas this season, against even the teams below, them, they're, just, they're not scoring as many goals as they're, as they're used to. I mean, they're creating chances, but their finishing's been poor, and it's taken a great strike for Chelsea Corner, obviously, to, to break the deadlock in this game, even though it was, it was quite early on, they still couldn't really um, gonna get much else out of Patrick Thistle. So, to be fair, them have defended really well. Obviously, we'll look at the 7-1 game from, from a month or two ago. Um, and not really want to repeat of that. So, as Brian Graham himself said, it was a case of making sure they could frustrate Rangers, and they did that. Um, and obviously, come away by one 0 defeat as a result. They would, they would expect not to take anything from the game, but they'll be positive about it certainly. And, and in the end, I suppose it's, it's not the game they're going to be judged on, as we say that quite a lot. So, um, it's a good result for Rangers, but one where they'll probably feel they could have scored more goals. It's a strange one because they are they are top goal scorers in the league, but it still does feel like at times they can be a bit profligate in front of in front of goal. And I think that that showed up on on Sunday. I mean, as much as it has been a case of maybe Rangers could have taken their chances, I think there needs to be a way nod to Lauren McGregor, who made a couple of, of really good saves on on Sunday. But let's let's talk about the goal. Uh, Chelsea Cornet probably given a bit too much space to kind of run forward, and then she's obviously seen the opportunity. And it's a it's a really it's a really good hit. And I think they actually think the this angle shows it a little bit better than the BBC angle just when, you were, when I was watching the kind of highlights back. But yeah, it's a, it's a good goal. And Chelsea Cornet is one of the players that I think at Rangers has maybe come on a level this season in terms of her influence on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair point to make, really. She was a player that, again, kind of slotted into Rangers midfield last season, but was never one of the, the names that was really mentioned quite a lot with a lot of the signings they made. They brought in more again this year, but she seems to have now taken a real kind of a real support, my um, main role, sorry, in that midfield and being the player that almost all those players going through. So, like I say, it's a bit too much space. I think, I mean, Thistle, they did let Rangers have a few shots for distance, but obviously, you'd rather they were shooting from there than inside the box. And obviously, I'm okay in the case that Chelsea Cornet strike is fantastic right into the top corner of the net, but she's a player that um, has taken quite, as I say, now becoming almost a starring player in that Rangers team. And, just one again that I think has made a step up from Hibs and done really well there. And you've seen, I think, as a, as a player, she seems to have grown as well. So it's only positive for her, um, positive for Rangers as well. And it's it's meant that in midfield on Saturday and Sunday, so they, had, they could win that battle fairly comfortably. Yeah, so, I mean, Rangers did create a number of chances and there was a, a number of good saves from Lauren McGregor. And obviously, 
this all having a having a keeper back is a is a big benefit for them, uh, given obviously some of the the struggles they had over the previous weeks. But the Rangers maybe could have had the second one. Um, Jane Ross kind of tapping. It looked. I know they did a bit of a, a Campbell finishing and stopped it at three quarter speed on on the highlight show, but um, it did look like Jane Ross is maybe behind behind the attacker with the original shot was hit. Well, there's three players playing it on side. I mean, we can see it from a camera angle, fifty yards behind. So why can't a linesman who is buying line with the thing? I mean, I understand some of them if they're tight, but it was pretty obvious that she wasn't offside. The Rangers' reaction was, I mean, the three of them, the three players, them um, celebrating the time were stunned. Um, I don't think there's any real complaints with Patrick Thistle, Malcolm McGuire, wasn't it? Malcolm Thompson, sorry, wasn't happy about it. It was just, it's not offside, is it? It's, it's your job to see it. You've got one job. If you're in line with play, you can see that she's not offside. It should have stood, should have been 2-0 Rangers, but again, the officiating in Scotland isn't very good. So, uh, disappointing for Rangers, but ultimately they've still got the three points and that'll be the main thing that they'll take away for the game. Yeah, I mean, for, th- for, for Thistle, I mean, there's one other Rangers thing we'll talk about in a second, but, but for Thistle... It was another performance where they they they've definitely developed a knack of being competitive in these these big games. They've only really been rolled over, I think, maybe once or twice uh, this season. Which, when you look at some of the teams at the bottom of the table, that's maybe not been the case. So they they do have a a level of doggedness about them. I think it's a, a good sign for them. Obviously, with the the bigger battles to come over the course of the season, they they probably do need to get another option up top with London Ballard moving on, but. As long as they stay competitive, they'll they'll have a chance in games. They will, Patrick Thistle. They've done they've done well given kind of they were the late team to come up after the fourth went down and they were kind of expecting to be playing SWPL two football. So they had to they had to kind of change things. They've still got pretty much the same squad that was there last season. So they'll know what it's like, what it means to battle. I mean, they had to a lot of the times last season, even up against the teams at the top end of the table, it was the same. So now that there are all these teams are in the same position, but Thistle have done really well with it. Um and like I said, they're not getting beaten heavily too many times. They are staying in games. Um, I think having no one up front is going to be a problem for them. I mean, their top scorers are players that are playing further back in midfield. So it's something that they'll, they'll look to fix. Um, having Brian Graham, I think, will certainly help. He can obviously play as a striker himself. We'll be able to, to work with players and try and help them score more goals up there. But I think London Pollard is definitely one that they'll need to replace because she did look dangerous. Um, when she was playing for them, and it's something they'll have to they'll have to try and fix. But ultimately, I think they should still be able to to still compete in games and, and get points off his side in and around them, even if it does mean they've got kind of less options going forward. Yeah, absolutely. But um, one last thing on this game, and that is, uh, we just had the return of Megan Bell, who'd been out for seventeen months. I think she tweeted out saying she felt like she had the touch of an elephant, and that she's got a long way to go yet until she's back on back on form. But I think for the league. Putting the fact, obviously, it's a, a big, big boost to Rangers to have her back, and I know Kirsty Howitt's been back in training as well. But I think for the league to have players who do excite people when you watch them play, I think is a, is a really important thing from an entertainment perspective for sure. It is though. It's what you go to watch um, to watch football for, and you're, you're looking for these players that are going to make you up off your seat and be exciting to watch. And making Wales one that can do that, like you say, she's had she had a horrible time injury, and then obviously the fact there was no football for months won't help with that, but. Um, she's coming back now and she's another option for Rangers going forward that we know knows how to put the ball in the net so once she gets back fit fully and is kind of up and running again then I'm sure we'll see Rangers add, add more goals and then hopefully Megan will slot back in and fingers crossed she'll stay injury free as well and she'll almost be like a new signing to Rangers because she's been a player certainly that they have missed in there with, with Kirsty Howitt obviously been injured as well kind of going forward Rangers have got plenty of options but maybe not that centre forward that they're kind of lacking yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, that one keeps Rangers top of the table. 
it did mean the teams behind them had to keep winning. So we will now switch over to Birdwell Hall, Alliance Park, and uh, Motherwell against Glasgow City. And it was a game where Motherwell obviously competed well for the first 45 minutes. And then we had one of these classic SWPL bursts of goals and Glasgow City were able to pull away quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen it would be 0-0 and then I was talking to yourself actually on Sunday where you saw it about one nothing up and thought, right, OK, it's one of these ones where maybe City will score. You didn't quite expect four goals so quickly. It was a very similar game, in fact, for City to, to the Cup semi last week against Spartans. So um, I think once they got in front, there was always going to be one winner, but you kind of you feel a wee bit for Motherwell in there. I mean, first goal was just a scrap of the box. And luckily for City, the balls fell with Priscilla Chinchilla. But their next three goals were, were very good goals. Um, Motherwell would be disappointed the way they lost the ball midfield, but two great finishes from Odefeu to do. Aoife Koval's header is the perfect definition of how to header a ball into the goal. Um, and for the other, was obviously only going to be that one winner. And like you say, these bursts of goals, I don't know why it happens. I don't know what goes on in players' heads to maybe think, oh, they're just going to switch off after they've conceded. But credit cards go the other team that's come out and they've went and attacked and got those goals and, and made sure they got themselves comfortably in front and then could see out the game pretty easily from there. Um, but I say some very well worked goals. Even Jenna Clark's header for the fifth one is a great goal there. Disappointed to lose a goal. Um, Lee Alexander should save it again for, for someone that's Scotland's supposed best goalkeeper. She shouldn't really be making these mistakes and keeps doing it. So that'll be something that'll maybe frustrate City. But I think ultimately they know they're going to score more than most teams that play in the league. So if she wants to chuck in a goal every now and then, it shouldn't make too much difference if they're then scoring four or five up the other end. So disappointing for them to, to not keep a clean sheet, but a very strong second half performance and it, it keeps them obviously right, on, right in touch at the top end of the table. Yeah, I mean, let's let's quickly kind of go back through the game. Obviously, as I said, no, no, half time, and then Priscilla Chinchia with a another one of her back post contortions uh, and to put the put the ball away for at that end. She seems to be very good at being in that area and then getting the ball in the back of the net. She did obviously against Hibs in the SWPL Cup semis, and she's well against Spartans in the SWPL Cup semis, uh, and she's also done it against Motherwell as well. And then, yeah, very two very good finishes from Odi Filatadulu, who seems to kind of flip in and out of the team a little bit Glasgow City at the moment but when she does come in she does score I always like watching a game in Odefield to do this play because she's one of the most vocal players on the pitch so if she wants the ball you know that she wants the ball um, I don't know what you thought but from watching what I've seen of the game it does look like they played with a bit more pace than they did against Spartans particularly in the second half when they, when they were scoring goals do you think that's something that will be not necessarily a relief for Ian Gleeson, but the fact that there did seem to be that little, that little pick-up in pace compared with the, the game against Spartans of the previous week. I think it's something you probably have told them, to be honest, because City, in the first half on Sunday and in that game against Spartans, where they were far too slow, and it's they're a team that you're used to seeing play at pace, that you're used to seeing go and really attack teams, and they're always pretty relentless. So the fact that that seemed to have slowed down in, in the previous few weeks is something that would have disappointed them. Um, but Ian Gleeson will have made sure they knew that. And I think having, having um, Odie up there... She really is a very fast, very strong player that's, that's going to cause problems for defences. You can see that. I mean, it's a poor header from, I think it was Amy Anderson in the middle of the park, but the movement from City and then the, the finish across goes phenomenal from, from Odie as well to make it 2-0 and then again a third goal too. Just the, the sheer power to get past Chelsea Watch and then again the composure then to put the ball in the net. They're, they're playing things quicker and I think last week if that had been one of the players in the, in the semi when they got in that position it was then right slowing down and trying to cut back and find someone there rather than just simply putting your foot through the ball and showing that composure to score and that's something I think that will change. I mean, last week obviously they were playing with Three, there are three forwards to me aren't really centre forward 
So everything almost became that kind of way of right, we need to slow it down and, and work methodically, whereas sometimes just playing with that bit of pace and just being direct is the way to go. And it clearly worked what they feel to do on Sunday and just scored two good goals and, and set City on their way. What in the end was a comfortable win. But um, I'm sure Ireland Gleason will, will have her own wee tweaks that she wants to make and things to change to that City team. And, but if you're winning 5 1, she's certainly going to be pleased with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's maybe you've mentioned the fact that the three forwards will maybe aren't centre forwards, and that's maybe where Claire Shine's missed uh, for City at the moment because she obviously very much is comfortable at the point of the point of the attack. But yeah, I mean, Eva Koval's header, one of the most aesthetically pleasing headers, you'll see the, the classic back from the direction it's going in. Pretty pretty difficult to stop, and obviously Jenna Clark's going as well. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Manuel goal. Is it a little bit of a worry that our two, and I know we're going to do a separate women's national team podcast, but yeah, is it a little bit of a worry that our two first-choice goalkeepers for the national team have had more than one moment this season where you think that it could have been prevented? Are we, if you, I mean, it's worth remembering that Jen had a pretty decent game in Sweden and she does make really good saves and Lee's had numerous moments where she's been a, a, a hero for S17 at Poland when qualifying for the Euros, I think was one that brings to mind immediately. I'm not sorry for the Euros for the World Cup. Is the only one that springs to mind immediately. But it's all about worry that we're seeing pretty regular kind of fumbles at the moment from, from those two. Because Jen obviously had that goal against Celtic in the quarterfinals SWPL Cup, which she went through her as well. I mean, it's it's going to be frustrating for for the players as well because they're they're playing teams that are not often challenged. Um, Lee Alexander's been Scotland's number one for ages. Again, no, she's not. She's in a glad because like a team that was beating everyone week in, week out, wasn't really having much to do. But when it comes to a lot of these international games and big, like kind of European games, you're seeing these mistakes creeping in. And like you see, even now, they're probably still not being challenged as much as you would expect the goalkeeper to be challenged in a game of football. But you've got to remain focused. And I think both have got these constant laps in concentration, whether they're conceding goals. And for Scotland as well, you've kind of been. They've been lucky enough that the teams have been playing a game. I think um, a team should be beaten, but even them have not kept clean sheets. Hungary in the Faroe Islands games that you would hope you would be doing, and it's just not that they were to blame for those goals. But again, there's just some, some kind of lapse in concentration. When you play bigger teams, they're going to cause you trouble. Um, Spain on Tuesday night is certainly one that I don't think fills anyone with confidence. So you're you're wanting a goalkeeper that's that's going to be on form and can make sure the defence are going to, is going to get instilling them with confidence behind as well. And when you're watching them, if you've not got a goalkeeper that's, that's going to keep the ball out, then you're the one. It's not to say that it's just these two. It does happen in a lot of football games, but it's, it's definitely a worry for me that it's, it's basic errors that you're making kind of a lot, and it's, it's things that shouldn't really be put in your game. So hopefully, something that they can they can kind of get get rid of, and, and maybe we'll see some some good goalkeeper performances, and it won't impact either the club or the national side in the future. Yeah, I think it's just it's just maybe a, a a weird little run at the moment that seems to be seems to be happening for for Scottish school women's goalkeepers. So hopefully something's going to turn it around. But yeah, a, an important one for Glasgow City keeps them well within touching distance of Rangers. I mean, from other way, it was it was a game they wouldn't have been expecting to get anything out of. But again, they, they showed up well, and that's that's kind of where they were looking to, to place themselves in that game. But moving on from Glasgow City, my well, it means that Celtic had to win to continue to hang on to the coattails of the two Glasgow rivals and. They managed it. Um, it took a little bit of work. Uh, Aberdeen going 1-0 up uh, through Bailey Hutchison, a really, really nicely taken goal um, and a nice ball to put it through and a 1-0 up half-time. I think most people were pretty surprised to see that scoreline when it came through. Well, we were, but I mean, Celtic seem to be a team that 
love to see him go behind and then come back to win games. They're certainly one of the most entertaining in the league, for, especially with these, kind of late, these late turnarounds they've got. I mean, they've done it last week. They've done it against Hibs in the league. They've done, done it on Sunday. There's just say three goals in the last 10 minutes of the game where Aberdeen have done well to get themselves in front. But as you text me on Sunday, they seem to have forgotten, forgotten how to defend in the last few weeks. Um, and it's it's good for Celtic to come back, but it's three goals Aberdeen shouldn't really be conceding. But um, Celtic, they're doing what they have to do at the minute. The defeat to Rangers is one that will have hurt them, given that they've beaten them in all the other meetings they've had. And they've always looked at getting something, whereas in that game, kind of, this defeat's not what you're after, obviously. And it's meant now that they have dropped away and they'll go into their games later on in the season against these top ten, known now that they'll have to take something. So there's that pressure on them. Um, and they can't afford to drop points in these games. So coming back from behind, a very good win against Aberdeen. But um, it's one that I think they've probably had it harder than they would have hoped they had to. Yeah, so Aberdeen's goal came from a a really well time ball from Ely Shores. At least Bailey Hutchinson has obviously been working her way back to full fitness after injury, um, to, to tuck it away. But a half time, Fran Alonso and his Miami Vice stylings that have now made it onto the Celtic Christmas ad. Um, he made it changes, and I, I think that's one thing you can see for Fran Alonso. He isn't afraid to change it, and when he does change it, they tend to have impact, and that that certainly was what happened at half time. Not half time, sorry. That's certainly what happened with 10 minutes to go when he made the changes because uh, Clarissa Larissa and Isabel Atkinson uh, both came on. Isabel, what? <laughs> no. That's me reading it straight from the fucking SWPL website there. But yeah, I mean, Celtic were struggling, but he, he does make changes uh, for Alonso with 20 minutes to go. Clarissa Larissa and Izzy Atkinson both came on and they almost, well, Clarissa Larissa in particular almost had an instant impact in terms of turning the game around. Yeah, it's certainly been a noticeable thing that Fran's been doing, just saying a lot of these changes, they they do change things. I mean, even at half-time, he's he's not afraid to make them that early. And obviously, late on this time, you've said, but the players that come off the bench, I've lost count of how many times this season it's, it's the subs that he's made that have come on and combined to get goals. And it's it really has changed things. I mean, Clarissa Larissa is a player that in a couple of occasions I've seen Celtic has been pretty impressive. So maybe we were surprised to see her on the bench. But again, you're having to rotate your squad when you've got such a big team and you're, you're having to play kind of so many games in a season. So it's understandable. But she's come off the bench. Not the hardest goals to score, but she's got to be in the right place at the right time to put them away. She's done that. And... It's just helped Celtic there to turn the game around and when you're scoring, when you get the last 10 minutes of goal down, as Fran Alonso himself has said, you're one down to come back to win 3-1, you've got to be happy with that. And can't give all the credit to him, obviously, but it's certainly he's the one that's making the changes and he's, he's making them at the right time to, to turn the games around them. Yet again, it's worked out very, very well for the Hoops. So credit Fran for that, credit Clarissa for the two goals and credit Celtic for a very good comeback against an Aberdeen side that would have been confident having, having been ahead in the game for so long. Yeah, it's, it's just part of the... It certainly seems to be part of the Celtic... Mm, I'm trying to think of the right word. Celtic, I'm not, I don't say DNA is the wrong word for it, but that that kind of uh, habitual nature of being able to come back from from a deficit underneath Fran Alonso. And yeah, I mean, it was... It was they were helped a little bit, I think, on, on Sunday, and you touched upon it. I think the worrying thing for Aberdeen just now, Celtic obviously getting the win is, is very important for them in terms of keeping pace with the, with the title race. But for Aberdeen, obviously, it's, it's another defeat. They're, they're now second bottom. And it is a worry for them that it does seem to be that defensively, it's, it's kind of going to pot a little bit just now. The goals you can see, some of the goals you can see just now are, are very much volleyball. I know they brought in AJ Meach from Dundee United as another goalkeeping option with Anna Blanchard going out on loan to Montrose. But 
it must be a wee bit worrying that they they can't seem to stop stop the rot a little bit just now. It will be. I mean, the goals that they conceded on Sunday, like you say, it's just static defending and not getting the ball clear and kind of leaving things up to each other. And it's for once, I don't think the goalkeeper was to blame in this game. I mean, she's not that much you could do. She's kind of been hung out to dry almost by the defenders in this case, and it's. It's something that they'll, they'll want to fix. I mean, they've got two kind of the joint managers there that, that know how to change these things. They've got a good goalkeeping coach. It's just things just aren't kind of going right for them. Like you say, when you're sometimes when you're stuck in that rut, it can be really hard to get out of it. And you know, Aberdeen began the season really well, but they have kind of fallen away a wee bit. And I think it'll, it'll, it's only Celtic they're playing against. So it's kind of one of these ones where they're not expected to take the points there, but it'll help them that some of the sides kind of in and around them and the table are struggling maybe that bit worse than they are. But can they get the feeling that they could need that win again pretty soon just to kind of turn something around and just to give them that extra bit of confidence maybe for them we'll see a different Aberdeen but, but certainly the minute they're giving away some silly goals um, losing games in a manner that will disappoint them and it's now a case of what they do to rectify that Yeah, absolutely um, and I'll be interested to see how that is rectified going forward uh, Let's move on to i tell you what, let's move on to Hamilton against Hearts I think it's probably a game that if I hadn't I didn't have other commitments. I might have been the one I headed to on, on Sunday, with it being the uh, very important game at the bottom of the table. Uh, Aki's uh, watching the highlights back. It looked like it was a pretty even contest, but the, the winning goal was actually a very well-taken one, Campbell. It was. Yeah, it was a good strike from um, from Leah Tweedy, who has kind of maybe dropped into midfield that wee bit, perhaps, and was probably starting games. And just needs that goal, I think, as well. A bit like Aberdeen was saying, just something to kind of stop the rat. We turn in confidence, and that'll do her the world of good, that one. It's um, Hamilton were, were probably annoyed about themselves at the fact, just how easy it was to get from the throw in into the box like that. But once it's in, it's, it's a great turn, fantastic strike for Leah Tweedy. And it's been an important one for Hearts, obviously, to get some kind of climbing up the table there, send Hamilton to the bottom, and obviously now means that. Again, they're not a team that's been winning too many games, but they've got that wee bit of breathing space, and there's, there's going to be a lot of changes. Of course, there is in the bottom five or six teams in the league, but um, it's an important one for Hearts, and it's, it's one that I think is needed. And, and Eva Allard as well, you've you've seen kind of a wee bit of a change since she's come in. They're, they're a bit tighter at the back now, Hearts as well. Um, still, they still lack something going forward, I feel, but it's three points for them, and, and I welcome three points certainly, and, and hopefully it's one for them that can kind of have a surge up their fortunes as well. Yeah, I mean, it'll be disappointing for for Aki's. Obviously, a home game is one that they'll be they'll be looking to try and pick up points in, especially against somebody round about them in the league. And they, they had a couple of chances, um, but it wasn't. It didn't look like there was there was a ton of chances in the game. I think that maybe comes down to maybe a, a, an issue at both sides that you've kind of touched upon is maybe at the moment goal threat is is where both these teams are struggling struggling the most. And we've touched on it with Partick Thistle earlier on, and that London Powers away, and I think. That that is where the difference we made at this this bottom end of the table just now, I think. But you touched on Eva Holland and Hearts, and I think obviously at the start of the season it didn't didn't start particularly well for Hearts, but they have built into built into the season. There does seem to be a bit of not necessarily momentum behind it because the results are still a little bit up and down, but there definitely seems to be progress getting made in the fact that they're now sitting kind of mid-table uh, just a few weeks after they look like they only get cut or drift at the bottom is a, is a really good sign of progress for them. It is. I mean, like we say, depending on who you're playing, there's always the worry that a couple of wins for teams below you, and suddenly you could drop back down the bottom against. So they won't be carried away, but it'll be it'll be good for Hearts players and, and kind of staff and things to look at the table now and not see their name being stuck at the very bottom end as, as it has been for for a while and into last season as well. So to be up at the mid table is kind of happier. Be better looking for them. Um, 
like we said, there's still work to be done. Of course, there's even still feeling you into the job. It's, it's a new country. It's kind of a language is not maybe really comfortable in yet either. So there's, there's still been it. Be hard to get a point across. It'll be hard for kind of things to be worked on. But I think actually you're seeing sort of slight changes and things that are improving for them there. And if they can then start to mould that together and produce that sort of complete team performance, then maybe in a couple of weeks' time we'll be able to see just what Hearts actually can do and, and rather than the Hearts that we've been used to seeing because they've certainly got some good players in there. They're a young squad, but... They've got players with quality. They've got players that are playing with the kind of younger Scotland squads as well. So it's plenty to be positive about for Hearts and, and hopefully for them to say they can they can go and get more points in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure Aki's will be looking to turn it around as well. It's interesting when you look at the table now, and we will come on to the last game in a wee second, but the three promoted sides, that's Partick Thistle, Aberdeen and, and Hamilton Aki's, are currently in the bottom three spaces in the, in the league. Now, obviously, there's, there's five points between fifth and, fifth and bottom just now, but... I think it's interesting to see that there is still that, there's definitely still that jump to be made from SWPL2 to SWPL1. And I think myself included thought a team like Aberdeen would would maybe be doing a little better just now. Obviously, they've been on this this really poor run, but that I think there is that gap to bridge still for clubs coming up from that from that level. I'm not sure there is too much a gap, too much of a gap, to be honest. I think all these teams have taken points off each other this season. Um, Motherwell are now higher up the table because they went through that spell they were beating the teams kind of below them but they lost to Patrick Thistle already and now they're not they'll come back to playing some of the bigger teams again chances are you'll see Motherwell drop points and suddenly they could be the team going back then towards the bottom end so it's there's a gap but I don't think it's as big as, as maybe people want to make out I mean Aberdeen started really well and have kind of collapsed away a wee bit in the last few weeks but again some of their performances against these teams have been really good I mean We've all lost out to Motherwell with that one goal, and that's a Motherwell team that had been in right good form. Um, I think Motherwell are probably the strongest of these sides down there, but I don't think there's too much between them all. So, I mean, Hamilton are a team as well that have got players that have you know, they've been together for that wee while, and they, they know they know how each other plays, but there's, there's just something kind of missing from them. And I think like Aberdeen, it's just that we click, that we kind of that win maybe that will turn things around for them. But... Um, I think Patrick Thistle are probably the team that's coped the best of it that have come up, and that's coming from a team that only kind of late on you they were coming in. So there's, there's there's a gap, but I don't think it's as big really as it actually seems. And I think at the minute, the fact those three are the three bottom teams is, is purely coincidental, just depending again on the fixtures, because the minute you play the top three teams, you know that likely you're going to drop points. So things will change, um, but it's a long season and we'll see what happens. And that brings us on to the last game from the weekend, the SWPL1. It was at Spartans against Hibs at Ainsley Park. Um, and it's another nil-nil draw uh, for Spartans. I think that's a fourth of the season, sixth draw overall. But I think I think as much as the nil-nil draw will be something people will focus on, I think the, the first thing I want to talk about is two top draw saves from Rachel Harrison uh, to kind of keep Hibs at bay. Yeah, I mean, the second one in particular is a fantastic stop. I mean, the first one's a good strike from Alexa Coyle and that... She maybe try to catch it off guard with the fact she's off the line and the ball's come from miles out, but it's a very good save to keep out. But the second one is it's just the reactions to manage to get up and shove the ball up and over. It was a great stop there. And she's <clears throat> she has one goalkeeper that tends to be pretty consistent. She's one that Norma has done really well there. So I mean Spartans will, will need that because I think somehow still defensively at times you have the you kind of concerns about them with another team that with the players they've had out injured, they're still missing something going forward. And I think it's a thing that will change. I mean if they had a fully fit squad, it's the sort of game you could maybe have seen them taking something from. But two very good saves, as you say, from Mitchell Harrison, and it's kept them in the game. Obviously, Hibs hit the bar as well. It wasn't over the line, despite, I don't know why BBC slowed it down. It's nowhere near going in. Um, but uh, it's another point for Spartans that they'll be fairly happy with to draw 
six of your opening ten games is, is pretty mental. I mean, they've only had the one win otherwise. They've not lost too many games, clearly, but for them, you'd hope to turn those draws into wins at some point. And if they can do that, then I'm sure they'd be a lot more comfortable um, than they currently are. They're a team that, we say, are normally that kind of your typical SWP or one team sat in the middle where they're not really going to go anywhere. But with this year with so many teams and how tight it is at the bottom, there's the worry that could change. But if they keep drawing games, then as much as you're not winning, you're getting points that some other teams are not, you'll, you'll stay there. And the chances of Spartans finishing fifth or sixth in the league, is, as we said at the start, is a very, very high. And, and another good performance like that on Sunday is certainly one that, that could help them get to that position. Yeah, I suppose the only thing for Spartans maybe would have been on Sundays, they maybe didn't create as much going forward as they would have wanted to. I know that um, after the match, David Phillips spoke about being having that solid base being very important. I think I think you see that, obviously, with just with the results that they've been getting at the back of it. But um, I know Becky Galbraith has kind of been working her way back to fitness. I know she, um, she's been very important for them in terms of getting goals this season. And Rosie McQuillard and, and Kylie Gibb up top are definitely two options that are, are worth keeping an eye on over the coming season, but they're still also developing their game a little bit just now as well. But it's, it is... I suppose it is a good point for Spartans um, and the fact that they've now drawn this five games on the bounce as well is a, is a pretty, as you say, a pretty mad start considering it's a league that historically there isn't very many draws in. Um, Spartans managed to make loads of them happen now, which is good to see. But for Hibs, um, yeah, you're right, the aim of your goal, I, not aim of your goal, the aim of your shot that hit the bar that definitely wasn't over the line. Um, I think that was making something out of not very much and is another, I suppose for Hibs, they'll look at that as another two points dropped and they are very much now becoming an island in that fourth place. They are obviously lost ground in the three above them just now as well, and they're not going to get dragged down the table. Um, what 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 do Hibs look to try and achieve in the league this season? Now is it is it just as many points as possible? Is that is that the aim? I mean, they're not going to they're not going to be going and challenging up at the top when they're dropping so many stupid points. I mean, it's, just, it's a good result for Spartans to Hibs. They will feel they should have won this game. They've went to Partick Thistle and dropped points there by a defeat as well. And it's, it's daft things like that that are killing Hibs constantly at the minute. And they're not, they're not going to get dragged into anything below. They've already got kind of enough points that'll probably keep them ahead of that. But they're not going to go and catch up with Celtic or Rangers or City at the top end. So as we've said already, they will finish fourth this season. Um, they've set the one cup. Can they just say, right, we put everything in the Scottish Cup? You think probably not, because obviously you still want to do well in the league. But what are they actually aiming for? I don't think Hibs know. Um, I don't think we know. Um, and they're just kind of in that position at the minute where you're going to go out in every game. Of course, you want to go want it. You're going to want to win a game. That's just you know, your, your human nature, the competitive nature of, of football. But they're not really going anywhere. And it's kind of what do Hibs do? Do they need a change? Probably. I, I don't know where that change comes, but they need to do something. Um, and it's maybe just a case now looking ahead to next season for them and to be seeing that this early in the season is, is maybe not something you want to hear but they're not really going anywhere and they're not going to move anywhere from where they are in the league at the minute either so something needs to happen at Hibs but what that is I don't think anyone at the minute really knows I think that's I think that's probably the, the, the thing for Hibs at the moment there'll be a frustration that that is at this point in the season and it already feels like the, the ambition that they would have had at the start of the the, the campaign has, has kind of gone by them now in terms of uh, challenging at the top of the table and it's is very much how they, they reassess what they're looking to do is they finished a fair distance behind the top three last season and at the moment they are, they're trending to get a little bit closer and whether they, they accept that as an incremental change, I, I don't know. It's it's a tough one for Hibs just now because they, they were 
not at the top, but they were the, the, the challengers to Glasgow City for so long. And now, with the investment that's coming at Rangers and Celtic, it's, it's maybe been a, a little bit slow to turn it around at Hibs. It'll be interesting to hear that that comes. But as we've said a couple of times on, on their day, they can give these teams at the top of the table a run for the money. It's just that they, they need to get that consistency if they're going to challenge at the top going forward. But that that kind of wraps things up for, for SWPL1. Got a bit of a truncated cards coming SWPL1 this weekend because with the national team games. Um, and I think that might still change even after recording. So have a wee check at the SWPL website come Sunday and see, see what's still kicking about. But from SWPL1, let's go into SWPL2, Campbell. Um, and we have, for the first time this season, uh, we have a, a a little bit of a lead for one of the teams at the top of the table is, is Dundee United moved two points clear of Glasgow women. Um, and let's start with, actually, let's start with the Glasgow women Kamarnock game. Because I think this is one that we both pinpointed would be an interesting test for, for Glasgow women. And for Dundee United when they play Kilmarnock in, in the coming weeks. And uh, it looked like it's a pretty entertaining game at Rugby Park, which started in a pretty uh, farcical way, I think is is a, is a polite way of saying it. Yeah, I mean, like, they've got the ball in an attacking position there, Kilmarnock, and they've maybe been annoyed themselves and not went forward. But I think looking at it, the, kind of, the option to go back wasn't a bad one. But once it gets back to the goalkeeper and you've got a striker running straight at you, the worst thing you can do is boot it straight at them and then Molly Reeves done that. I mean, we've, we've talked about goalkeeping errors in, in the top flight. There's been plenty in the second tier as well. And that's another one. Just a, put a simple pass back to one of the players that's giving you the ball or out the road of the player running through, and through at you. And it's, it's a boot it straight off Nyla Murphy's face into the net. And it's a stupid goal for Kelly to give away. The second one, again, they've got Glasgow, the Glasgow women's biggest player has stood again on Matt in the box with a good head that put them 2 nothing up. And at that point, You've, especially having won on the opening day against Kilmarnock you've maybe thought Glasgow would go on and win the game but Kelly deserve plenty of credit for coming back um, again Shelley Campbell seems to be the only player that realises shoot high you're going to score because it's a free kick that nine times out of ten isn't going to go anywhere near finding the net you're just going to float the ball in but again goalkeeper's not actually reaching very high to try and stop the ball it's going to go in Second goal for Kilmarnock is very, very well worked um, and a good finish from Abby Robinson to get them back into the game and obviously they'll be disappointing to finish with ten players it's a tackle that Amy Burrows, she felt she had to make, whether she did or not, it's a different matter, but it's one that's it's a red card, it's the correct decision. And for Coman, if you look at it and have, well, we get 10 men over 2 0, 10 players, sorry, we were 2 0 down to get a point, they'll be happy with that. They'll be happier than Glasgow and well, certainly, but in terms of goals, yeah, there's, there's certainly, certainly work to be done in SWPL too. I think, the, I think this was a, a big game because obviously with the start that Glasgow women made to the season, they, they remain unbeaten after this one. But also for Kilmarnock, if they were looking to bridge that gap, it would be one that they were would be looking to win. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult when you kind of give yourself that kind of start to kind of come back from. But credit to them, they, they, do, they did do that. Um, I think you're right about Shelley Campbell. She... It seems to be like her trademark now is like how far out can she get before she decides to have a have a ping. But I mean, the thing about that Shelley Campbell goal as well is that yeah, as uh, as far out as it was, and as the fact that keeper uh, Chloe Gibney couldn't reach it, it was still pretty pretty well in the corner by the time it got there. Um, it's just obviously the trajectory would suggest that maybe it could get stopped. And uh, yeah, I think you're right about the Shelley second goal as well. It was a really really well worked one, but. Yeah, a point of peace. It, I, I, I've seen like the goals for this one, and obviously the second half there wasn't anything after a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty sprightly first forty-five. Um, is that a good result for both teams? Is it a bad result? How, how do you think they'll view it? Um, well, I mean, Glasgow went to be unbeaten 
they'll be they'll be pleased with that. To have been two nothing up, though, and thrown away a two goal lead, they'll be of course be disappointing with. And Kilmarnock looked at and go well. We've come back to get a point. That's decent. Given we've played a player less as well late on, but then they look at it well. We're at home and it's the sort of game that if they want to be challenging at the top end of the table, they've got to win. So I think both will be they'll be content, but they'll also at the same time feel they probably should have won the game. Um, Shelly Campbell's free kick again, like you touch on there. She's she is very accurate with these strikes, and she deserves credit. I'm not taking away from her strike. I'm just saying goalkeepers probably should save them, but. Um, she does it all the time, and it's, it's something that, again, if you're playing against Kilmarnock, don't give them the chance to do it from there, because you know that if she gets the ball, chances are she's going to, go, she's going to be very accurate enough to go and find the target with it. So, um, clever from her, clever to get them back in the game. The second's very well worked. They did miss some chances. I mean, Lisa Swanson had a great chance late on, which I think she was just taking the thing a bit, wee bit earlier than she, than she maybe really had the time to, to kind of take another touch and, and then put the ball away. So, I think Kilmarnock will be disappointed not to get the points given they're at home they've had probably the better chances in the game but coming from behind it's a point them both and say they'll take but I don't think either team will be, be overly happy with especially with Dundee United obviously going on and winning their game Yeah let's let's go on to that Dundee United game they were away to Stirling University um, and yeah uh, a fairly comfortable win for Dundee United 5-1 victory against Stirling University side to have started picking up results after a, a slow start to the season but Probably the, the point of most note is uh, Jade McLaren picking up a, a hat trick. Um, and I mean, to be honest, we United were turning up at half time, and kind of from that point on, it was, it was pretty much game over for, for Stirling University. It was. I've just been watching the goal before we started recording and, and during recording there as well. Actually, and again, Stirling were saying, we seem to have been saying this for so long with them, with, oh, they're, they're improving here, they're doing this, doing that. But I mean, the goals are given away are just pathetic every week, and it's, it's, it's frustrating from teams when. When you're in games, you're going at a team that, that's been top of the table. Obviously, they're one of the unbeaten sides, and you're thinking, right, we need to make it tough for them. And instead, they've, they've gifted them some goals. Um, it seems like Jade McLaren has scored the header from a corner against every single team in the league. It just happens every week. I mean, I was speaking to Jade and, and, and Graham Hart um, before their game against Queen's Park the other week when I was at the Glasgow Women game. I said to both of them, said, you're going to score from a corner today with your head. And again, she's done it. It's the same all the time. It's balls floating down on top of a goalkeeper. And a player that is consistently scoring against teams from set pieces has been left unmapped and still can't be doing it. Um, Jade now, I think, 20 United's top scorers, obviously, for the season, was just, just constantly finding the net. And she's maybe not the player that you look at that United team and think that's where the goals are going to come from. But if you don't mark her, she's certainly capable of putting the ball in the net. And so I'm still in that's disappointing. Um, they also got the final goal of the day. It was a very good one. United again seem to love just stopping and claiming for offside in their games when, when a player's not actually offside. A fantastic finish from Rebecca Robertson to, to Lovelore and Perry. So positives going forward for Stirling. Certainly they're, they're scoring more goals than we've previously been seeing from them, but they're still conceding and the goals are conceding that are really, really poor. And that kind of is the reason why they're one of the teams cut adrift from, from the top three or four in, in SWPL2. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's in terms of, we've talked about Glasgow women maintaining an unbeaten record, Dundee United obviously do the same, but picking up that victory puts them two points clear of, of Glasgow women in terms of that automatic promotion spot and obviously the, the title as well. But yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting split in the league. And at, at, at that join is uh, Barrymore Thistle and St. Johnson. They played each other up in Perth. And uh, it was a 3-2 win for Barrymore Thistle. Um and coming back from from two 0 down, it's a it's a result they'll be very pleased with. After a, a sticky run of form of their own in terms of not maybe quite getting the results they thought they were going to get. Yeah, they're definitely pleased with that. I mean, again, they were playing ten players against Glasgow when the other week and lost it late on, which well really frustrated them because in that game they were they were on top for a lot of spells and 
would have felt that they deserved something from it. So getting into this one and being 2-0 down to us at Johnston team that have been have been showing some signs of of turning things around. Two very good goals have scored, must be said as well. So from that point, you know, think, oh, here we go. But Boromir deserve a lot of credit for the way they've come back. I mean, by a lot with the first goal, again, probably should be saved. But from then on, they've, they've done really well. They've scored two good goals and they've, they've managed to work themselves into those three points that, that really extends that kind of crazy gap in the middle of the table there where obviously United and Glasgow and in the top two at the minute, there's a big enough gap down at Kilmarnock, but from them and, and Boromir, the chances are they're going to be the two teams in that middle part of the table as, as the bottom three can you know, seem to struggle for picking up points. So it's a good win to come back. It was been it's, it's a tough venue to play. It's been not the best park um, at the Riverside Stadium, but a very good win for Boromir Thistle. Back to winning ways, like you said, and maybe we'll begin to see kind of a turn around in their fortunes too in what is a competitive league. I think there's... You can see that the top two or three are they are that bit better than the rest of the sides, but it's a case now of can these teams pick up points? Can they then take up pick up points as well against the, the top sides and, and try and force them into that kind of spot, spot there and, and maybe just close the gap a wee bit to make the table look a bit more respectable? Yeah, and I'll be uh, the, the fixtures next weekend throw up a couple of interesting ones in terms of that gap and also what's what's going on at the bottom of the table because Birmingham uh, host Kilmarnock at, at Megaland and you know. You would have to think that if either of these two teams are looking to try and make up, well, make up ground on on Dundee United and Glasgow women, then one of them are going to have to win that game. Uh, if it fulfills the draw, also puts them a bit further behind. Glasgow women have the chance to go back top because Dundee United are on their on their bye week this week, so they are, they are playing against Queens Park and then at the bottom of the table. It's a big game as well for St. Johnston Stirling University. Also, Queens Park bottom of the table just now with only a point to their name. Uh, St. Johnston Stirling University both on four. One of them gets that win. That that is a big a big jump at this time of the, at this time of season to kind of get that six point advantage over Queens at the bottom. If Queens, of course, uh, lose to, to Glasgow women, it isn't. It's one that the teams will look at. It's going to pick up. I mean, we've said there the gap up to the top side is probably already been irretrievable. So though the aim. Is a bit like Hibbs is going to be to try and finish on as many points as you can do in the season. And so Johnston, obviously, the, it's been well documented the, the troubles they had at the start of the campaign. So for them to, to be able to then look at it and go, well, let's begin to show what we can do. They've, it's been, things have been tough. We've said that quite a lot, but you've seen some improvements. There's still things that will will frustrate them. Obviously, Jason McCrindle leaving is, is going to mean things will maybe change a wee bit too. So to be thrown away to go lead at home, they'll be, they'll be frustrated with them that one. But they'll see this Sunday coming as the perfect chance to bounce back against Sterling. And like you say, if they can then just get that kind of, that gap extended away from the bottom of the table, um, it could be crucial come the end of it too, because Queen's Park, again, for all the change there, and some of the players they've been bringing in too, they, they just seem to be lacking something at the minute. So it's, it's intriguing at the bottom there, but... It's, it's not maybe a game that you would you would fancy as being the best to watch, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still going to be, be fascinating there to see who can pick up the points, if anyone, obviously, to, to extend that gap to, to away from the sides at the bottom. Yeah, and I think I think this is the important thing we've talked touched on a few times this season in both leagues is that because there's the relegation and promotion promotion relegation and promotion in both in both leagues this season, it means that there's and points of interest at the top and bottom and is not there's very few sides that will be going into the, the back end of the season but not not much to play for. And I think that's that's only a benefit for, for everybody's interest involved. But yeah, that covers SWPL. A um, couple more things we want to touch on before we, we wrap up this podcast. Um, I was not at any SWPL games at the weekend. I was at the SWFL Cup and Plate Finals uh, down at the Tony Macaroni uh, Arena, which always feels quite grand as calling any kind of stadium. It's not like 80,000 plus an arena, but there you go. Until you um, visit it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, I had a thoroughly enjoyable day watching the, the plate and then cup finals in the SWFL. Mearson uh, United defeating AR United Development 1-0 and uh, a really fun game. It was very uh, it was very much a case of two teams that are pretty well balanced. Both seemed pretty keen to just attack all the time. Um, it, made a, it made a pretty good spectacle and then uh, the game later on in the cup final, Bishopton were 4 winners over Bayside. Bayside, uh, one of the kind of newer teams in SWFL and uh, making their first final in Bishopton. I think one of the teams that are definitely looking to perhaps make that transition into the into the uh, performance arm of the SWF uh, structure at the moment. But uh, two two enjoyable games, decent crowds turned up as well. I know we talk about crowds quite a lot, but the fact this is quite low level in the, the women's pyramid just now, and there's a, there's a decent wee crowd there for both those games is pretty good. And one of the things that I always thought, and I think it's one of the things we talk about quite a lot with women's football, Campbell, is that it doesn't really matter. I mean, it does matter how good teams are, but if the 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 playing field is relatively level, you tend to get a better game of football. And I definitely felt that on Sunday that I was more entertained, particularly with the first game, because the two teams were well matched than maybe if I'd turn up to like a 5-0 SWPL game, for example. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're getting to finals of competitions, you're always expecting that they're, they're going to be that bit tighter and Plenty of times also we've seen kind of higher up the pyramid when you've said like you've got to these games that's it's been a really a comfortable win for for a clearly better side and when it's two teams that are evenly matched like you say they're both just come out to attack this is sort of game of football you want to see that both teams are come out with no fear and going right well let's just go and win the game you're in a final the last thing you want to see is either a real tactical battle where they're both kind of sitting back and not want to do anything or a team as you say that I can run away with games so. It's good that you got two games that, that you felt were, were certainly more competitive there and it, it gives these sides more of a chance as well to, to play on a bigger stage and to win some win some silverware too. So all in all, a positive day, particularly for the two winning teams. But overall, just saying it's just good now that there's kind of more notice um, on these games going ahead and, and they're getting to play at a premiership stadium, just. Um, but it's it's certainly a good quality for them and it's, it's pleasing as well that we're now being able to see just saying there um, these games being, being talked about by SWPL and MSWF and things like that as well and they're, they're just kind of getting getting more advertisement and you can now see that to say the crowd were, were decent enough for that level and and then that the appetite is still there and, and hopefully these sides can can go on and, and try and get back to that that same level next year so credit to the two winners as well um, and it seems like a good day was had by all in attendance yeah, I even enjoyed my scram as well, so that was that was good. Um, mm. Last thing, the last thing to talk about is the Scottish Women's Cup. The second round draw was made, um, yeah, uh, yesterday. In terms of the day we were recording this on just now, uh, and I thought it was a, quite good to see that Wraith Rovers, I think, put out the, a live stream for their game against Clark McCudden. And I know that a couple of people I've spoken to have mentioned made reference to the fact that, that was the case. But uh, we're into the second round. The games are scheduled for December the nineteenth, which seems awfully close to Christmas. However, um, speaking to a couple of folk, it does seem that, that, that that's the last date that can get played, so these maybe get brought forward, um, potentially. Uh, and in this round, it's championship teams to come in, so the championships, uh, north and south teams have come in. I was having a quick kind of look over the draw to see if there's any romance to be found at the moment, and it's, uh, it's, it's maybe not brought up that much to kind of wet, wet the appetite, but I think it'll be interesting to see once the games also get played. It's always good to see kind of North v South games come up, which has definitely happened on a couple of occasions. Um, but yeah, Scottish Cup's here. I think the Scottish Cup we need to make a bigger deal out of. So it needs to be a tournament that is celebrated, that is one that is held in the same reverence as the men's game at the moment. Because it isn't. I, I think it's fair. I mean, the, the Cup final in 2019, I think, did a big, big part in kind of helping that potentially become the case. But at the moment, it is still... 
still a, a burgeoning tournament, it feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, that 2019 final two years ago today, in fact, was um, was a real great one and one you looked at and thought this will hopefully help the tournament kick on next year and then, of course, the whole world shut down, which didn't help. So the fact that now we're going to get back to it, it's maybe fitting that it comes kind of after an anniversary of that, that great game at Tynecastle, but there's, there's, there's some interesting ties, I think, the early format this year was kind of strange and having the preliminary around the first round, the way, just the way it's worked out, but... The likes of um, Rutherglen, obviously, we saw in that preliminary round, they'd managed to get through and they've got themselves a tie against championship opposition too. So there's things that for certain teams will be will be um, kind of milestones for them that they're getting to test themselves against these bigger opponents. And, and hopefully we'll see one of these sides manage to make it all the way through for when they've then got the SWPL 1 and 2 teams coming into it. And if you can get a glamour tie, that'd be great. Like you say, it's maybe not held in quite the same regard as, as the, the men's tournament has been where Obviously, there's a game on Monday night, maybe and Darville's one that we look at with Darville were a team like a lot of the women's sides that were just kind of there, they weren't really doing much, and now things have kind of changed, they've come up, and now they're, they're kind of coming to that level of prominence and will be on national TV. I'm not saying these games are going to be televised anytime soon in the Women's Cup, but there's there's certainly comparisons to be drawn, and, and hopefully for them, eventually, things will start to be noticed and, and see if we can get some of these sides through and, and give a team from a higher level a game that isn't just a heavy, heavy defeat. Then there's certainly the scope for it to grow, but um, yeah, there's there's not too many ties at the minute that jump out, but you never know. Sometimes that's the way that you look. They don't expect much, and those end up being the best games to see. So hopefully, when those cup ties come around, there, there's some some cracking ties there, and, and then we'll see how these sides go on when they come up against some of the bigger names and the rounds to come. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's maybe a, a fair point. Actually, is um, in terms of maybe the romance hasn't quite been attributed to the Scottish Women's Cup earlier round yet that it has in the men's game, but. That'll come, I think, once as things begin to level out a little bit, you'll maybe see more shocks, you'll maybe see less of these big score lines that um, pepper the, the other ends of the Cups. But yeah, we'll wait and see. But yeah, Scottish Women's Cup fixtures, uh, keep a way out for when those dates are confirmed. One last point is obviously the SWF Championship Cup is this coming weekend as well at Falkirk Stadium. Uh, Driver Athletic against Montrose should be, a, should be a pretty good game and maybe where... I know, Campbell, I think that's where you're going to head this weekend, but I have yet to fully decide where I'm going yet, but that, that, that feels the most likely one. So, yeah, if you're in the area, go go and give that a watch. But for now, Campbell, thank you much for coming on and, and chatting SWPL. Yep, no bother. Thank you very much for listening. Um, stay safe, and we'll be back with a, a Scottish Women's National Team preview podcast really soon. Uh, catch you in a bit.